2022 is here and we have some big announcements to share with you. But before we share, we're going to dive right into the 11th episode where we recap, reflect, and share some of our favorite moments of the 10 previous episodes of 2021. If any of these shared moments spark interest, go back and check out our first 10 episodes. And without further ado, here's our 2021 year in review. Guys, we uh, we have officially hit 10 episodes uh, prior to today on the Modern Agilists podcast. Can you believe it? 10 episodes. Famous. Crazy. <laughs> we, uh, I, I, you know, just to kind of toot our own horn a little bit, we have, uh, we've had hundreds of listens. Um, we've, we've been uh, listened to and, and viewed um, in multiple countries, believe it or not, outside of the United States even. Um, there's definitely an appetite for agility, I think, across the globe and within different industry and business sectors. So it's been exciting to kind of do this with you guys, take what we what we do daily and what we've learned and talk just kind of informally and also bring on some really great guests. Uh, very appreciative to everybody that's joined us. I just, um, I think this is a good opportunity to, to kind of have a retrospective of what the Modern Agilist has been, uh, what we've discussed, some of our favorite things, and then ultimately, you know, where we want to be here in this, this upcoming year, 2022. So um, why don't you guys kind of kick off, you know, your thoughts? What do you think about Modern Agilist, what we've done, and what are some of your favorite things? Uh, well, go ahead, Justice. I just want to say, you know, um, 10 episodes, it, it doesn't sound like much, but at the same time, it's kind of, um, it's like, I think uh, we've done our MVP and we've kind of validated the idea. People are interested and eager to learn about agility at a real comprehensive level that's not limited to a particular framework, right? And it kind of not being so jargon heavy or um, specific. Um, and so I think we really hit on something. And I'm super excited that the biggest thing I'm looking forward to to this year is um biggest thing i'm aiming for with this this show is consistency consistency and and the content we put out and the quality of the guests and then then kind of that breadth of real subject specific type um topics that someone feels like after listening to our show for a year that they their their view of agility um and large-scale delivery has just kind of been exploded and expanded you know yeah yeah, and just to piggyback off, off of uh, what you said and on how people are really hungry for this, they want to learn. Um, you know, our, I think it was our third episode. Yeah, it was our third episode, The State of Agile. Um, and we went through the um, – uh, what was the document that we went through? The State of Agility. Uh, yeah, it's a yearly report. Yeah, yeah. And it, it basically showed how um, Agile has just went mainstream, um, not just, you know, developers or IT hopping in on this, but, um, oh my gosh, so many businesses, um, banks, financial advisors, um, you name it, this has become, Agile has become mainstream. And so I'm just, you know, this has just been a very, very exciting time. Uh, just, you know, being in the time that we're in, you know, and you can even blame it on, maybe you can blame it on the whole, uh, shift of working, uh, working from home and, uh, being on the computer now, and uh, maybe you can blame it on that, but 
looking at the metrics of that report, Agile works, and it's it's blowing up right now. You know, you, you notice, Mike, like when we first kicked this off, I was like, the, the, the phrase was large scale software delivery. Yes. And I find myself changing my language now to be like large scale delivery, large scale iterative delivery, yep. yeah. because the, the shift in mindset, that's probably most cross cutting takeaway I've had from all of our guests is that mm -hmm. the value stream the pipeline goes so much further back than what you think of just at the 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 engineering team the scrum team the execution team level yeah. it's so much bigger and like kind of getting your hands around that thinking about that and it's uncharted territory yeah people aren't used Absolutely. to thinking in terms of that and they're not doing it and so there's opportunity there so guys i you know a couple couple interesting stats here i'll give you um you know just about the podcast again a little bit to toot our own horn but then also you know once i give you these stats i'd like to ask you guys um you know what what have been some of your favorite moments within episodes you know that we've recorded or even things that we've discussed as part of these episodes uh, not playing favorites but just you know kind of kind of dive into that a little bit but let me give you these stats first um uh we have quite just recently we've acquired some listeners from Russia, Greece, the United Kingdom. We have quite a following from the Netherlands, which is interesting. Um, and then obviously uh, the United States. Um, some of our biggest kind of uh, states that listen to us are California, Pennsylvania, Virginia, quite a few listens from those states. Um, so uh, right now the most listened to episode is our last episode episode 10, where we talked with Chris and Jared about the evolution of DevOps. Yeah. I think that that tells a little bit of something, some along the lines of what Justice was just talking about. Um, and then that uh, that is recently in recent downloads and listens, um, uh, specifically the downloads for the episodes of Bruce Gay's Design Thinking episode, where we had Bruce as a guest um, talking about that was a very popular episode as well. So, I mean, considering the stats and the things that we just said, why don't we dive into a little bit of playing, you know, some of my favorite things here in terms of the episodes. Do you have anything in mind? Uh, you're like, hey, I took this and I loved it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Rick, I, I do have um, I do have kind of a note for each 10. And okay. I, wa I wonder if you if we'll let's let's step through them. And if, you know, there's no big takeaway from someone, then we can go to the next. And that way we we don't kind of miss anything because it's easy to kind of miss. Yeah, I see your list here. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Real quick, real quick, though, I just it's. Thank you, Rick, for for sharing for sharing. You know where the listeners are coming from. Um, you know, from on, on behalf of Rick, myself, and Justice. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you so much for taking out your time um, to check out the Modern Agilist. And and we really, really hope that um, that you're getting value from this and you're learning uh, from this from this podcast. And and hopefully you're you're taking what you're learning and in executing it in your day in and day out job. Um, but yeah, thanks again so much for listening and please continue to listen. We have a, we have an exciting, uh, exciting guest list this, this year. And there's just, there's just so much more to share this year, but, um, sorry justice go for it. Yeah. Give us, give us the, uh, give us the guys, as a listener myself, I learn from this podcast. I really do. Yeah. All right. Let's dive in. Justice, take us away on this list here. I see you here. Okay. Okay. So the very first episode was, was literally just some introductions on who we are and what we're interested in. And uh, my only note on that one is 
I don't know what is going on. Maybe it's an identity crisis. Maybe it's a having my perception change. I find myself changing my LinkedIn description on exactly what I am seemingly every couple of weeks, right? Were you a scrum master, agile coach, program agilist, uh, iterative delivery, uh, martial artist? I don't know, right? And so <laughs> one of the things that's led into that is the idea that um, agile encompasses so much as far as methods, values, area in the system, systems thinking. And so that's, that's really been for me personally, the biggest impact and just my perception on what values brought to the table and how you describe that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's been interesting, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know you guys before we did the introductions. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, but then, go ahead. I see you have the, the second one here. I'm looking at your list is the, the why agile one. And I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this because um, I've personally referred people to this episode because I think it was so educational. It was just us, but it was educational about the, the rationale between behind rather using agile frameworks and, and methodologies. What are your thoughts? What struck me about this one is there for a while, it was our most listened to show. And I thought, but that's the, that's the one-on-one show. And then that's when it got me thinking a little bit that, um, you know, viewers could actually be tuning into this that are, that they're not tuning in for some inside baseball talk, right? Mm -hmm. They're tuning in because it is outside of their uh, wheelhouse, outside of their day-to-day. -day. And I find it, it, it's it's so important for that the foundation to be laid like what is agile because you know when you look at the history and the the opinions it can get so spread out and that's just putting a stake in the ground and saying listen this is the iterative and incremental delivery of user-facing value you know mm -hmm. and in, in an unpredictable environment this is what this is loops loops experiments right mm -hmm. and so just just having that okay this define a definition of terms i think has served us well to be able to say kind of step out from there and say okay what speakers and topics then fit into this and and not uh you know paint ourselves into a corner and say well this doesn't apply or that doesn't apply or this is our ecosystem this scaling framework or this particular sub community you know mm -hmm. yeah that's good so let's keep working down that list here. Um, the state of agile report, Mike, you kind of commented on this a little bit. Um, uh, Justice, I see you have a note here. So why don't you guys kind of elaborate a little bit about your feelings and what you got from talking about the state of agile report? Yeah, Mike, I think you mentioned Mike, the, the, um, just the, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, like your big takeaway was the, uh, basically just its growth uh, into other yeah. unpierced sectors, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing to see, you know, where, where this is branching out of, you know, obviously, you know, in the nineties, it was with just, you know, with IT developers. Um, but it, it not only works for IT developers, but it, it's obviously growth grew and morphed into um, uh, a platform a framework for for all businesses, for all companies. Um, and heck, I mean, even if you want to use it for your own lifestyle, I mean, I, I mean, once I once I started to learn about um, a scrum board um, and a backlog and 
um, my wife and I were just like, hey, we should apply this at home. Like there are so many things that we had, we actually did this at the beginning of the year where um, we we kind of just uh, we we did it. We had a, like a goal list or a vacation goal list, and we came up with a backlog and on what we want to do and 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 we're tracking it. So, but I mean, you can you can it's it's it is it is compatible. Agile is compatible. Scrum is compatible with any type of business. And I'm not saying, um, you know, it, it works every single time for every single business. What I am saying is if you look at this report, if you look at the data, it, it is branching off into so many different types of sex of, of businesses. Give it a try, try it. If it works, then awesome. Expand on it. If it doesn't, you know, maybe find out why. Have yourself a, uh, your own little retrospective, if you will, and and figure out why it doesn't work. But but yeah, this the state of agile report is just it's dynamic. Um, how you know how it's just grown, how it's just basically mainstreamed. Um, it, it's 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 pretty neat to to witness, and you know I'll, I'll be it'll be interesting to see, to look back on this five years from now and to compare the one five years in the future to today. And just to see how it's growth, I, I guarantee you it's probably going to grow more. Yeah, you know, um, it probably sounds pretty weird to some ears, like try Agile for your life, you know. But I mean, <laughs> I got a I got a personal Kanban board because yeah. I have I have personal goals, work vocational goals, um, experiments I want to try, and if nothing else, it kind of conditions me to to put myself out there and pull the trigger on things early in the form of experiments um without this you know um trying to build a crystal cathedral have everything perfect get it out there with the confidence you can come back and iterate on it yeah and then feeling good that you're moving thrust moving stuff through a pipeline that has historical capture there so i definitely absolutely see the personal um as far as the biggest takeaway i took from the state of agile report was the safe stronghold or death grip <laughs> whichever way yeah. you want to put it right yeah. now this this is the most fascinating part to me is that safe is the leading uh implementation of agile methods and values in in the world right now right mm -hmm. in enterprise and businesses right and why i say stronghold or death grip is you know um people come for the scalability and the structure and they end up getting foundations. And so you could say the positive is they get the foundations. What you actually believe about their scaling methodology is maybe you get something that uh, some don't agree with, right? Well, yeah. Some mechanics of that scale. So Ex excess overhead, that kind of thing, depending yeah. on the size or where you want to implement. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, you know, what do you count as an iteration and, and that type of stuff, you know, program increments, the hot one, you know? Yeah. So, um, so that, that's really interesting to me. Um, uh, you know, I think the material from safe is just a thing of beauty. It's awesome. And I, I'd love to this year get experts. We'll, we'll have the battle of the bands of scaling methodologies Ooh. and the, the, the exact distinction, like what distinguishes this from that? What, and then what is the fundamental difference in value there? And there's some clarity there. I think we can bring some insights, some thought leaders to really unpack that for people, for them to be like, you know what? I think I understand the distinctions here. I don't know who's right, but I do understand the distinctions. You know, that'll yeah. be really cool.
That's awesome. Um, paddle bands. All right. So moving ahead here, we've got, we had an episode with Steve about value streams, um, which I thought was, was just enlightening. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of listeners, especially if they've been in the kind of agile world for a while, understand, you know, the whole, the, the whole, for, for lack of a better term, backbone of, of lean and, uh, you know, what a value stream you know, is or is considered to be. But, you know, Steve kind of went a little bit deeper. So what were your guys' thoughts from that episode? I, I got on that phone call and I got on that, that conversation. And it, that was probably the first time I felt like my perception of um, kind of got far more expanded, right? Typically conditioned to be thinking in terms of like product development. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, there are short-lived projects and then there are services, okay? You can kind of rebrand that stuff and say, well, this is the product or you can encompass all of that in a more generalized way to say the value stream. Mm-hmm. And, and then that value stream is specific to an audience. Maybe the end user is internal to the org um, or, or in other circumstances, they're outside the org, right? So kind of that abstraction and to see how f- much further back the value stream starts is 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 really interesting and um, like many of these talks came away feeling like i knew far less than when i thought what i thought i knew at the beginning of the talk and so that, that was a great benefit to me and um I, I came through the year let's put it this way existentially far more ignorant than when i started so that's interesting you know awesome yeah great i i think that um, understanding the identification of value streams and how somebody like steve can come in and kind of help teams and individuals understand you know kind of what's going on uh you know is is what was enlightening to me you know it's just not something that you think of it you understand it but you really don't at least me personally i never really dug too deep but to understand that somebody else is doing that and that there's benefits from digging in and understanding and cutting away the junk um and then focusing on the right things um, kind of like some of the things Steve talked about. Um, it was very interesting. You, he he nailed home that um, I thought it was interesting, almost common sense after the fact when you think about it, but the whole pain principle mm-hmm. yeah. where where he, he's not coming in and trying to boil the ocean and have a comprehensive map of an, all the activities yeah. in an organization. He's brought in because there's a pain point. Yep. And then they map relative to that pain point. And then it's a repeatable iterative thing you know and and that whole thing i was like wow this makes a lot of sense and i kind of get it yeah yeah i i thought it was it was pretty fascinating on on, you know the way he discussed you know how to eliminate the waste and um but i I briefly want to hit on something uh justice does a really good job um um, writing blog posts on the modern agilist.net and, um, and this is in specific, this is, uh, I'm reading specifically from uh, Enter the Value Stream um, under the Eliminating wa- uh, Waste section of it. He said, he wrote, with the increase in complexity and diminished visibility, we also have more individuals contributed to variables. This means more blocking dependencies, and all of these constitute risks, if not managed effectively. The ultimate aim 
in all of this is to establish, and you said this, you brought this up, Justice, initial visibility, a map. Only after you have visibility can you hope to identify and eliminate friction and waste. We are all trying to perform Marie Kondo magic on the value stream. This amounts to plucking the lowest hanging fruit to, to, get, the fir- to get the biggest bang for our efforts. Um, so yeah, I, that was, I thought that was really interesting. And again, just a, just a, uh, just a quick, uh, short little, uh, uh plug for, for justice. Uh, he, he does a great job writing these, uh, these blogs. If, if you have, if you have a chance, you know, check out the modern and, uh, and read some of his blogs. They're, they're really enlightening. Thank you, Mike. That sounded, Absolutely. I can't believe I wrote that, man. That Mario contact <laughs> magic sounds pretty good. <laughs> that was really good. I agree with Mike. Very good. Guys, well, I, I, I get, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Justice. And I, I was going to say, I, you know, that Mario Kondo reference, uh, I definitely have to give credit to Steve because I saw in one of his social po- profiles, he referred to himself as the Mario Kondo of value streams. And so, you know, he's the guy who took that. So credit to him. And this is in no relation to Maria Kondo, the, uh, the organizing lady <laughs> on Netflix. No, really so, right. The don't, uh, don't, yeah, don't mix that up. Um, yeah. So got to jump ahead, you guys. Cause yeah, I don't know if, if you agree with me, but episode five, no, no, uh, no smack to anybody else, but that was my favorite episode. So it was definitely the most fun. Oh, really? Yeah. I liked it. I just enjoyed it. Like Justin said, I thought the agile true and false episode, episode five yeah. was a ton of fun. Um, yeah. because you know, I think if I remember correctly, you know, we were, I, were we all were we all in the same room for that episode? We were, yeah. yeah. We were, yeah. So we're looking at each other, and we're we're saying things that either are way off the wall. We know there's no way this can be true, <laughs> or we're looking at each other, and we've come up with some questions, and we're like, okay, yeah, surely this is, this is this is the case, either true or false. I just thought it was. I got a kick out of doing that, and then I I thought that when we said something was either true or false. And I'm not going to go into each individual one, you know, from that episode. But I, when we when we said something, we had some good conversation around yeah. around the the why. The why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, too, Mike, this is not, I'm not coming down on you in any way, but you're relatively new, and I think there were times when you disagreed with us, and that's great. Yeah. Um, we were able to have that 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 good, uh, yeah, good headbutting discussion to say, yeah, that, there's no way that's true, or there's no way that's false. And we all then kind of came together onto the same page and, and you know understood what we asked or the topic we brought up a little bit better at the end of the episode. Yeah, it, it was pretty fun. Fun. There was uh, there were some combative moments in a, in a healthy way. We weren't like trying to rip each other's throats out, but yeah. it was it was a lot of fun. You're right. Yeah, that episode was. It it had the same sense of appeal as setting a booby trap for someone. Yeah. <laughs> or or the meme of like not necessarily or well actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, who's who's the guy that uh, who's the guy from SNL? Um, the main guy. You know what I'm talking about? The guy who sets a, uh, um, SNL up. Um, why am I forgetting his name? But you just sounded like him. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know. Well, actually, exactly. Yeah. That 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 was exactly the vibe we were going for there. Set the booby trap, and then when someone says something that even sounds obvious, it's like, well, yeah. take well, it a little, take it deeper. Lauren Michaels. That's yeah. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, hopping along. Um, 
episode six, more than halfway through, we did um, Agile outside of IT. Again, I don't think we had a guest at all. And no. I don't think we referenced anybody. But um, we, we picked a couple of articles that we thought were interesting on how people deployed um, Agile, Agile frameworks, Agile mentality outside, just strictly outside of IT uh, or technical situations or you know, fully technical situations. Um, so outside of software primarily, kind of yeah. like what Justice said about changing the LinkedIn description and then also, um, you know, the, the why. I thought this kind of tied those couple first episodes together is that, hey, this is what we do. This is why we're talking about it. Here's who we are. And then here's why we like Agile. Here's why yeah. we're, we're promoting it. This kind of tied it together with some, some non-software examples. Yeah, this really connected with um, episode two, the state of Agile. And, you know, the state of Agile basically yeah, is showing that it went mainstream. And we basically just dug down and, and shared studies um, and, and discussed, um, you know, where Agile where Scrum is being performed in certain businesses, uh -huh. and uh, that that was a that was a really good episode. If you haven't listened to it already, you know it's again it's episode six. Um, go back and, and and check that out, and you can get some uh, pretty good valuable information on why some of the, even the uh, the government. I think we touched on. Um, I think the Marines even used an, the Agile framework um, on setting up their missions. Um, but but yeah, that was a that was a really that was a really fun one. You know, one thing I found a little bit discouraging about the case studies we looked at there is that um, subsequent to seeing those and kind of talking about those, those seem to be referenced a lot and over over the past like decade or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when it's like you have like three, you have a handful, like five case studies and then the same ones reference over years and years and years, it's like, Okay, well, what's going on here? Are, you know, are people just like not having open books about what they're trying and the successes? Or are these just like kind of more interesting stories? I, I'd, I'd really like to see more of those and not the same ones. Yeah. And so it's kind of my, my antennas up big time and wanting to know like what, what's going on there. Get us some variety. Yeah. yeah well, where is it actually happening now? Yeah. Agile outside of it and i wonder if maybe it's not visible because it's it's a hidden behind terminological differences well that's you know. exactly what i was thinking justice i bet you i bet you that a lot of even non-it non-software companies even some some manufacturing crews are and i'm not just talking about like automobile toyota all that stuff um are are implementing the values behind agile right yeah manifesto that kind of stuff but just not calling it what we call it not yeah. using the same terminology maybe not not implementing a hardcore framework um but they're doing it they're just not realizing they're doing it yeah and so that's why i think sometimes you know I, I can speak from a you know personal experience talking to somebody who's working in architecture who implemented agile but there's no way that the people at the architectural firm are like, oh yeah we run something similar to you know less or you know or dad you know um no they they just they just know that they're doing stuff in iterations and they you know they meet in the mornings they talk about things they track things on a board they, yeah. you know but uh, but there's definitely i'm sure there's more examples it's just i think it boils down like you said some terminology difference the the coach the high level agile coach mm -hmm. of the future who can 
see the existing processes of an organization and without resentment or, or come in and then make small changes and, and kind of lead by example and implement improvements without using any um, shop talk or specific terminology is going to be the most dangerous kind of tool I, in the yeah, toolbox. Agree. Snapshot, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Let's uh, let's keep moving here. The edge of agility. This was a this is a wild one in my book. I uh, I fully enjoyed our guest here. What do you guys think? Go ahead. Bernie, Any... Bernie Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then the, the the next four episodes uh, we had we had special guests on, and, and this was basically he kind of broke the seal here as our first guest, Bernie Maloney. Um, remind me, was this was this the guy that um, uh, started with hypnotism in Agile or something like that? He, he was it's the one. Yes, yeah, the Is this one. The guy? Okay, yeah, at least into it. Yeah. This like this has been so interesting to hear from all of our guests. You know, and I don't know who who um, who brings up the question, and I'm but I'm glad you know at least one of us does. To how did you get started in Agile? Where where did it come from in your in your sphere uh, sphere of um, business? And um, it's really neat to hear people's backgrounds and and and, and how they started or even heard of it. Um, like in this Bernie's case, like he was he was a hypnotist. Dude was a hypnotist, and uh, it was really interesting how he used it. You know, he 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 uh, found found agile and Scrum through through that through that realm, um, but. Um, but yeah, it's just really, it's really, really need to hear people's backgrounds and how they started and, and, uh, where they came from. Yeah. I, I, uh, Bernie was a trip. <laughs> um, at the, at, 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 at the same time that we were getting to know him and interviewing him, I was reading uh, Management 3.0 by Jurgen Apello. And um, basically, Bernie's uh, real personal kind of life coach guru vibe and flavor was, was connecting so much with what I was reading about in Management 3.0 about you know, this is more than just a, a, a guru kind of life coach. This is at a systems level. The only way to get the best results is to trust people who are closest to closest to the operation. It connected so many pieces for me. And um, it, it, it was it was extremely impactful conversation. And, and the write up that came uh, uh, kind of about it, about the edge of agility uh, afterwards mm -hmm. has, has stuck with me and kind of, I think, permanently affected my view of like what we're trying to do as yeah. agile practitioners, you know? Yeah. Very, I, I very people centered, mm -hmm. um, people centered systems, people, people centered values, people centered practice. I mean, um, people centered evaluation. I mean, is this, there's, there's, a, there's a lot that he covered. That, that psychological mechanism, and I guess yeah. the, the single axiom you could take away of this is that the most complex piece of any system is the human. Yeah. Right. And so to connect what can be perceived as the touchy feely coachy side with systems thinking to have those connected in that way was uh, revolutionary for me.
I just thought in that episode too, you know, kind of, you know, um, thinking of what, what can I call this, you know, as we posted it out online, you know, promoted through social media, which I think was the, before the blog post came out is, is the naming of the episode. Uh, that's what I felt like when we were done recording the episode. I was like, this is not just, yeah, this is not traditional agility, right? This is think outside of the box a little bit is kind of what I took from it. You know, like mm -hmm. you said, there's, there's a lot of intricacies and stuff like that, just as you just mentioned, but it's like, you know, agility is not just for getting stuff done. There's, there's different facets of it that can, that you can take advantage of and use in, in an effort to get something done within a framework, but it's not just about the framework, you know? Man, and Bernie described his approach as unleashing individuals, yeah potential it was right. deep right and, and you know unleashing someone's potential doesn't is not necessarily part of a framework right there's there's <laughs> yeah. involved there's you yeah. know there's other other tactics involved so i came back you know out of that and i was like wow this is like the the new frontier of agility you know yeah. the, the edge of agility um all right let's keep going that was um, episode, um, that was episode seven, by the way. So if you get want to ever want to go back and listen to uh, Bernie Maloney's uh, interview, that's episode seven of the Modern Agilist. Yep. Uh, low code revolution episode eight. Don't be ashamed of tooling. Embrace it is the note that you have here, Justice. Sure. Yeah, I, I've I've felt a tension and a conflict internally ever since kind of making the pivot from a developer to an agile practitioner and even to this day feel like maybe i should go back right type thing and um the, the thing that really the whole low code revolution is there are different levels of abstraction to programming right mm -hmm. and this whole low code it, it fits right in there because you know it kind of says well you don't just have an idea or business opportunity and then the whole thing has to be you know, handed off to uh, an execution team and engineers and they code it. And then that comes back to the PO. And then, you know, you see how it does in the marketplace or whatever, and you validate, you can go via this new um, generation of tooling directly from idea to functionality before even needing to have uh, an engineering team be a part of that loop. And so the whole dynamic, there's like a, I think it's called like a shift left of like where uh, quality engineers get moved more into development. This was like development shifts left in, in, in like the PO, or the, the, a product subject matter expertise gets empowered with development skills because of the advance in tooling. So it's really exciting. One of the things that I, I, I have, I mean, this is, loosely based but talking about the low code movement episode um it made me think a little bit but what you just said I, I mean i come from a development background too you know and i i enjoy understanding learning about developing doing all that stuff i enjoy it still um you know but uh, i have felt the same question you know uh hey should i should i kind of go back and do what i was doing and get away from some of the more theoretical or business side shift left like you said um or should I kind of stick with where I am? And you know what I, I, I often think about when you mentioned abstractions is that, you know, a, a mature agilist, and I'm even kind of referencing some of the stuff we talked about in the episode seven with Bernie, uh, you are an engineer, you're a social engineer, you know, 
I mean, you're you're designing and refining frameworks. You're coaching people. You're working with teams. You're looking at metrics. You're de determining better ways of creating, you know, throughput. Understanding where there are pain point. Everything we do. Value stream, lean, um, all that. All this stuff is engineering. It's just not potentially, for example engineering with code, you know, on a machine. It's we're, we're engineering every day, every effort we're doing, we can measure the progress that we're making on it. And we can define what the success criteria is, but we're engineering as agilists every day. We're just kind of like you said, shifting to the left in terms of the, the abstraction of engineering that we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's good. Very, very enlightening episode. Uh, all right, moving ahead, uh, design thinking. This was a cool one. I actually, I'm gonna um, little little shout out to Bruce Gay. You know, we I think we all three of us know Bruce. Bruce is a great guy. Great guy. Um, glad that he was on. But my wife is a school teacher, and this is not her stuff. Like she's not. She, you know, she's interested in in agility. There's there's conversations we've had about like kind of the life backlog, how we track what we're doing. Like you said, Mike. But you know, she's she. I'm. I don't know how to teach kindergarten. She doesn't know how to do this or doesn't want to do this. It's just not not her thing. But she listened to this episode in its entirety. Maybe it's because we were driving. no way. It might have been because we were driving somewhere, but she <laughs> it and she enjoyed it. I think she actually, you know, took something from it. And it's just the, you know, some of the discussions that were had. Just at least understanding, again, you know, the the uh, shift left all the stuff the, all the components that go into what an agilist or a po or somebody on that side of things can do uh to, to really be excellent i think she enjoyed it so what do you guys thoughts? design thinking yeah yeah um, I, I, it was a it was an awesome conversation once again similar to the value streams I, it was a stretch for me kind of new territory right but um i'll just put my hooks into the the pattern the divergent convergent thinking and cycling mm. through those and how that's already come up and some of the stuff i'm trying to do with uh in, in other areas of uh, retrospectives or kind of brainstorming and kind of like getting the creative juices going yeah. is and that's that's really been helpful and once again um came out of it being like wow there's this whole other field that I could go deeper in and kind of add to my tool belt. And I feel like all of these guests and all of these shows and they're, they're kind of collectively come together to represent additional tools. And, you know, over time you get, you get better with a particular tool, but your first exposure of it, you have the language around it and you can say, okay, I at least have the one-on-one version in my toolbox. And I know that it's there and I can go in and refine that as needed and iterate over that and grow, you know? Yeah. If um if uh, an agilist is getting tools to to overcome impediments, I'm, I'm thinking is like you know you get your Swiss Army knife with your you know your initial taste of it, your CSM that kind of stuff. Eventually, as you start to learn more and implement more and talk to people and gather different ideas, you finally level up to your your Abrams tank and you're just <laughs> you know. Yeah, the, the, some of those photoshopped where it's like a, a Swiss Army knife, but it's like a foot thick, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they got it all, yeah. <laughs> TV in there. <laughs> all right. Uh, last episode we, we have here was episode 10. This is kind of why we're doing the whole retrospective deal and just looking back. Um, 
episode 10. Justin, you said it was a teaser. I got to know why. Why was it a teaser? It was a teaser because I really wanted to get into the real pipes of, I, I wanted to get into the stack. Mm -hmm. Like, what's your stack? How is it wired? What do you measure? And one kind of unexpected thing I realized there is that um, um, in, in some of those conversations, that can be hard to navigate because people have stuff that's specific to their operation, which they're not Probably. trying to put the blueprint yeah. of their entire DevOps stack out there in the public, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, it was a teaser and a more and a more uh, general thing, um, but I definitely. Um, uh, was starting to gather in my mind like the pieces and, and, and it kind of opened up enough where, you know, I'm going to, I know the right people to chase down to kind of get that unpacked, you know? And I think Jared and Chris, who were the guests on that episode, I think we can definitely kind of have them back on the podcast where we can unlock parts, yeah. you know, that they've kind of, they kind of gave us the, you know, maybe not a thousand foot, maybe the 500 foot view. We can then say, okay, well, you, know, you can't tell us the proprietary stack and parts here, you know, the moving parts, but tell us a little bit more about how you've done this or approached it. You yeah. Know, sanitize Absolutely. it a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's the 10 episodes. We've just a little bit more time here, but um, what are you guys excited about in 2022 with regard to the modern Agilist? What's something that you're you're looking forward to? I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this uh this this take two of uh Chris uh Shuknet and Jared Feldman and uh just to just to pick their brain on on how they scope things and, and measure things and uh, but you know I, I, again you know I, I just want to say to my say to our listeners uh thank you again for 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 listening thank you again for for checking us out and uh if if you haven't subscribed already please do so I'm so excited for this next new year. Um, we're going to be having a lot more guests, uh, a lot more in-depth conversations um, with, with really, really um, some good, well-known um, Agilists uh, in, the, in the Agile sphere. Uh, and it, I, I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm lost for words right now because, you know, what we've had before, we're a great, great, awesome guests. And, you know, the, it, we're just getting started here. Um, yeah. and, and our, our, and, and again, our end goal is to empower you, the listener. We want to, we want you to become equipped. We want you to become empowered. We want you to become prepared to master large scale software delivery. Um, and, and, you know, us three, we, you know, we, we don't take this for granted. Um, we're, we're really, really excited for this year. And, um, yeah, I, if I, if I was a listener, I'd, I'd be at the edge of my seat, just getting ready to hit that subscribe button because, um, you know, the, the best is yet to come here. So let, let, let me, um, uh, in a minute here, I'll just talk a little bit about a couple offerings the Modern Agilist is going to have, you know, for, for you to engage a little bit more as those listeners. Um, uh, but, uh, Justice, are there a couple topics um, that you're excited about with 2022? Very much so. To, to put forth like a model of what we're trying to do here, and this model is just crystallizing over time in true iterative fashion, right? Mm -hmm. The idea first is to broach a topic, and you can see some of that's happened 
in these past 10. There are many more that we want to broach. After broaching it, we want to circle back and then go deeper on that particular topic. Maybe not even with the same guest, but some some level deeper. And so what happens is on the first pass, you get the tool that's in your toolbox. It's the little kid's screwdriver that gives you the basic shape of the screwdriver. Can't really pull out any screws yet, right? But you, you kind of see how it works. You push it and then you turn your wrist, right? Second pass is like, okay, this is the, the Dollar General screwdriver. Does the trick, but you know, it's not the it's not the expensive one, right? Breaks right. after three screws, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but it was cheap, right? And so the idea is like you get tooling and then that tooling improves over time. So as far as for 2022, um, my, my excitement is to go deeper on these topics. Like we, we've already said, um, how, what's the second pass on design thinking? Mm -hmm. DevOps, mm -hmm. low code, edge of agility as far as like human psychology and coaching, mm -hmm. agile outside of IT, okay? Uh, a, a more practical or specific use case, value streams, okay? Mm -hmm. That would be a second pass. But uncharted territory is we want to bring in um, uh, a, open up the topic on Kanban analytics with the leading thinkers, thought leaders in that space mm -hmm. um, with retrospectives and liberating structures on how do you uh, create, uh, how do you facilitate and help produce creativity in a, in a group setting? How do you do that online? How do you do it with a thousand people at one time? That's the power you get with liberating structures. And then I'm extremely excited too about the tooling and the new organizational constructs that are being birthed right now in Web3 through decentralized autonomous organizations and these decentralized governance models like all of this is 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 organizational units that i think are going to have a dramatic impact on what we think of as uh execution teams and and kind of the processes we're familiar with so all of that stuff kind of comes together to paint like a real exciting picture for this year yeah, agreed. Let me let me just briefly tell the listeners a couple ways that, you know, in addition to listening to the podcast, looking at the blog on the website, themodernagilist.net, um, let me let me briefly kind of give a high level overview of a couple exciting things that we're going to start. You'll start to see um, and be able to engage with us on. Um, you know, we we have a Patreon site that's uh, extra to our, uh, our current modernagilist.net uh, website, where we're gonna start to offer some training and premium offerings. So some more discussions that go maybe a little bit more deeper, uh, have maybe uh, an expert that we didn't have on the episode um, proper that would be available for a certain fee through Patreon. Uh, in addition to that, again, we'll be offering some training. So some of the things that we circle back on and go a little bit deeper on or have an expert discuss, we'll offer some training so that you can go and, and really, really dig deep and learn about these things. So we'll have that kind of coming up. We're going to have some more video offerings. So in addition to the audio, the podcast, that we'll keep that going. And it's going to be great, like Mike said, but we'll have a couple other avenues that you can kind of get involved with what we have going on with the modern agilist and then you know uh, not finally but one other exciting thing is that we'll also be starting to host some online meetups uh, where we'll have uh, live podcast recordings we'll have uh, people presenting things experts joining us so if you're familiar with the meetup app and site we'll be leveraging that to kind of say hey 
over a period of time. These are some of the meetups that we have scheduled. These are the people who'll be joining us and we'll grow the community around the modern agilist. And, you know, based on our listeners, I anticipate that that will be a global community coming together of agilists uh, that really can, can uh, discuss and make a difference in things. So a very, very exciting 2022 coming up. So with that, guys, let's round out the episode, um, kind of look back, retrospective, if you want to call it that, of the last 10 episodes, some of our favorite things, some of the stuff that's coming up in 22 and some of the avenues that people can get involved. Like Mike said, thank you all for listening, for engaging, for going to the site. There's a subscribe button. There's an email. You know, you put your email address in and you can get updates from the Modern Agilist. There's a Patreon page that we'll be building out. It's available. Everything's there on the site. Uh, modernagilist.net, sorry, themodernagilist.net to be specific. So you can go there, you can go to our Twitter, look us up on Google, uh, but get involved. We just love talking about this, talking to others about this, this kind of stuff and, and engaging with other like-minded people so that we can you know, empower the listener, but also learn as we go along too. This has just been a lot of fun and we look forward to the next year. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Modern Agilist Podcast, where we examine and discuss all things related to Agile and large-scale software delivery. You can find the latest podcast episodes and our latest blog posts on our website, themodernagilist.net. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you enjoyed listening to our content, please subscribe.